What's up, world? This is Cloud Conversations with Loriana Mercado. I'm Harvey Banks. The podcast where two longtime friends talk about anything and everything, from our daily live to what's trending to shit that'll make you say, what the fuck? Today, we're going to talk about James Harden turning down $50 million. Talk a little bit about Dave Chappelle, the silver lining when it comes to money. And we'll also do some deep dive into the power of mind brought to you by Harvey Banks. And some weird shit towards the end will make you say, what the fuck? Well, Harvey, what's good, baby? Man, I've been saying what the fuck for the past, like, three days now. So we've needed to do this, and I'm glad to be here today. Nice. (laughs) How you been? Not bad, not bad. Fucking drinking my hot tea with my pinky up. I think life is good. When you said that, I pictured, uh, was that pinky in the brain? Pinky in the brain? Yep. You remember that shit? The hell yeah. What do you want right, to do to world today, Pinky? If we're being honest, that shit kind of creepy, bro. Oh, man. All the old cartoon shows are pretty creepy. They either predicted kinda future creepy. world shit or it was weird. And it, But it didn't feel weird at the time, did it? Hell no. They're not, they're not the most creepy. Remember fucking Ren and Stimpy? Oh, yep. Them little... Man, that shit was creepy. That was. I think even if we go back and look now, we'd be like, "Yo, the '90s were a wild time." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like the parents are not going to focus on what these kids watch. Let's watch. Let them watch all this shit. <laughs> I mean, but now they would probably think the shit that we do have and or watch is kind of weird. You know what I mean? Or even us. I say they like we like we were different niggas in the '90s. <laughs> we're the same people. <laughs> But, like, I'm sure we would look up and be like, I'm sorry, you want us to watch people on TV talking to other people? Ooh, yeah. Right. I'm going to pass on that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think I'd rather do that than watch Ren and Stippy, though, honestly. Yeah, you know. I definitely would. Um, <laughs> speaking of talking people, weird people on TV talking to other people, Joe Rogan. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, don't know. I was trying to tie that shit together like a professional. You know what I mean? It works. But Joe Rogan had uh, Dave Chappelle and Donnell Rawlings on his podcast. I have yet to listen to it, but I do fully intend to. Um, for people that don't know Donnell Rawlings, he was a regular character on the Chappelle show. He's also a writer on the show. He doesn't quite get the respect he deserves as a comedian and writer because he's fucking hilarious but he's also played opposite of dave Chappelle his whole career so like yeah probably got over yes bingo he's ashy larry for all you people that did you know tune into the Chappelle show regularly uh great tv and if you didn't back then it's on netflix now so you can go and catch up on all those seasons but yeah, Donnell Rollins is on there with him. And Dave Chappelle is always super interesting to me because I think he's one of the gen- few geniuses like on this earth that has the awareness that he's a genius <laughs> and right. still has the ability to regularly co-mingle with non-geniuses, right? And no one feels insecure about his presence because... I think as if you're a genius, it's very, very difficult to, I don't know, blend in with non-geniuses. You know what I mean? So yeah. you come off a certain way always just because 
it's usually an awkward thing. Dave has mastered the, not only does he know you're a genius or does he know he's a genius, but he knows that you know he's a genius and everyone still just feels comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the most interesting facts to me about him is the fact that you kind of alluded it to it when speaking about James Harden was, um, as everyone knows, when Dave left the Chappelle show, like he walked away from something close, something north of $50 million. And at the time, I mean, this is 15 years ago. So at the time, that's big, big money. It's big money now. Don't get me wrong. But like, that's a lot of money for a comedian to walk away from. Like, mind you, Dave's not big movie guy. He's a stand-up comedian and had a TV show. And so that's one of the that's one of the interesting things to me is like people that are able to say no to the money based off of a certain rooted reason. You know what I mean? And it's like that. I wonder if that reason comes from the same place in everyone like Dave. It was creative control. He did not want to give up creative control of his show, no matter how much money they were willing to give him. And so that was interesting because the NBA draft was yesterday. So like the NBA is getting back into the swing of things, which I know it seems like it just ended, but James Harden publicly came out and said he wanted to leave the Houston Rockets last week. Uh, I didn't, no one's heard from James directly because he's not that kind of a player. Like he's not going to get on Twitter and talk about it or anything like that. So all we can do is assume to the reasons why. The assumption that I have it on good authority that it is, is that he, the Houston Rockets fired the coach, Mike D'Antoni. They also fired the general manager, Daryl Morey. Um, They did this without consulting James Harden, who was their franchise player. And I still don't know why sports teams in general still fucking make this mistake. Don't fire your coach or hire another coach until you talk to your best player. Hmm, Especially in basketball where there's five people on the floor and that one person can literally change your franchise, right? Keep that person happy. And they didn't do that. And I think with James Harden, it was more of a a loyalty thing. And I think he was thinking in his mind, like if they'll let them go and not talk to me about it, they're not loyal to me. And I don't want to be a part of an organization like that. So they offer him $50 million a year which is $10 million over the salary cap, meaning they're going to have to pay a fine to even pay him that much money. But they were willing to do that. Like this is an asinine contract. Would that make him the highest paid player? It would make him the highest paid player in the history of the NBA. That's how big a deal that is. Like it's insane. And he said, no like quickly and instantly turned it down. And that's a big deal. And so for him, it feels like maybe loyalty costs more than that. You know what I mean? Hmm. And like for Dave, maybe creative control costs more than that, or there's no price on it. And it just got, it got me thinking about like the, what is that thing? What is that one thing that everybody has that's not for sale? Right. Maybe for James, it was like he just loves New York that much and he wants to go to the Knicks. 
Uh, the Nets. Nah, the Nets. Yeah, yeah. listen. You don't think so? so <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Listen. Funny thing about James Harden. So, since we're on this street, <laughs> let me paint the picture of this street, right? So, James Harden is also he's legendary on the basketball court, right? James is also legendary in a different arena to say. James Harden is the strip club god. Right. Mm -hmm. He regularly, regularly drops tuition money (laughs) in strip clubs. As in, like, it's what he does second best. It's what he's known for. He will go to the strip club wherever he's at. It don't matter what night it is. He could have just lost in game seven. Two hours later, James Harden's at the strip club. That's a true story, by the way. I didn't make that up. They lost game seven to the Warriors. Two hours later, he's literally at the strip club. That's what he does, right? (laughs) Right. And so I don't know what people know about strip clubs in New York, but A, they close early, and B, they don't show vagina. (laughs) So I don't know. James Harden? I don't know why James would want to do this to himself. (laughs) You are in Houston where they do all that. Mm-hmm. The the strip club is open at 7.30 in the morning, James, if you want to wake up. And I'm pretty sure them strippers is fucking. Now, can he get a New York stripper to fuck him? Yes. But James Harden is just known equally for basketball and equally for his nightlife. New York nightlife is not that great, bro. It's not bad, but like things close early even when it's not pandemic, apparently. else. There's a lot of places that stay open until like six in the morning. It's just James Harden ain't there. I'm sure he's uh he'll get the VIP <laughs> pass to some underground shit we've never heard of, but I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. The 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 real issue, I'm just talking shit though. The real issue with James <laughs> going to the Nets is uh the guy that they say could be the second best player in the world, Kevin Durant is there. Uh and then like he's not the problem, but Kyrie Irving. They pretty much play the same position. Kyrie is a guard that like literally believes he's the best player on the planet every day. And you have to be to play in the NBA at his level, right? Right. Even if everyone tells you, no, 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 you're really good. But come on, you're not the best. No, he believes he's the best. So I don't know how basketball-wise that would work. Because in order to make the contracts work, they would have to get rid of everyone else that's any It's a long, big Whole nother podcast for that. It's called the NBA Culture Podcast, right? Hell yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know what it is, bro. But I just so do you don't think you know the offer of fifty million dollars would that sway you, or would you have to stick to some sort of like uh, your own mindset that says, "Hey, I need to take a step back," and is this worth it for yourself? Could you be bait off? Even if something you really didn't want to do? Yes and no. So I know that's a fucked up podcast answer to give, but I'll explain what I mean. I do things for my children, right? So like I so currently mil don't would be have, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, just because like, well, that's $50 million. Yeah, I, I can still, and I and I still get to do what it is I like to do. Right. Like, I like to play basketball and I'm really good at it. 
but I love the idea that I can support my children and my children's children. Yeah. This kind of gives me both, even though I'm not fully happy with this situation, the outcome I'm looking for in life anyways, this kind of gives me that. Now in James's defense, he has no children. Mm. See what I'm saying? So the the money, the motivation is different, right? Like what would drive me is different than what would drive James. So I wouldn't, but but at the same time, I wouldn't do anything for the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just I think my threshold is gonna be a little bit lower than James's. <laughs> well, what? So he turns this down. Let's say he does go to the Nets. What are the Nets offering him? The Nets. He he can't make any more than twenty nine million a year with the Nets. Oh, that's pretty significant then. It's a, oh yeah, that's we're talking twenty half. Shit. Yeah, we're talking twenty million dollars a year less. Yeah, that's crazy. Not one year, and we can't we can't think it's one year. It's at a minimum for the next three years. So in three years, that's sixty million dollars right. that you've left on the table. It's not just the first twenty million. <laughs> Damn, that's it's it's significant. <laughs> oh yeah, you better. I don't know what his silver lining is then, because <laughs> think of and we're never gonna know because that's who James Harden is. He doesn't talk like that. He's not a, you know what I mean? Like he's never going to give an interview on why he turned it down. He's never going to go on a podcast. He's never going to do these things and say these things we want him to say. Mm-hmm. But, and the only reason that I want to hear it is because, again, I'm intrigued by that. What is that thing that that you're like, no, fuck that. Yeah. I can't do it. What's going to be interesting if they come back and be like, all right, all right, here's 60 million. And he goes, yes. Okay. Sounds great. Sign me up. And then I need more of an explanation. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I'm even more money? confused. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you was just hardball negotiating? God yeah. damn. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's I would be even more confused then. And I I I'm I'm more I understand Dave's side of it more. Being a creative, yes, I do understand that. And also, I think it's fair to we need to put out there that both of these gentlemen was presented these offers when they were already comfortable in life. Right. So James got a hundred million from Adidas already. Crazy. <laughs> so like, Dave had decent money already. Dave was one of the highest paid touring acts at the time. So like, neither of them were pressed for money. Or was just on the on the up and up when it comes to their career. Yeah. So I think that does play into it a lot. I would like to know if year three James Harden would would take that. Ooh. Knowing what could come and what could not come. You know I'm what I mean? Sure. Like, I'm sure of it. Yeah. 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 Which means same like, for Dave, right? You think yeah. so? When you're rich, like, yeah. When do you say no based on your own personal values? And I'm, I'm sure definitely Dave would have, because he started what early 20s before he's 20, and yeah, that money would have just been a game changer. But when you're rich like that, then it doesn't even matter, just because you're already making so much money. Especially now with all these social media going on and the way Netflix is built and both these gentlemen can have different platforms and excel their own careers just by not paying anybody else. I think yeah. that changes the game as well. So listen to, so what do, the interesting thing with Dave to me is he also kind of bucked the trend back when he was younger too. 
Because think about the biggest and best comedians that you know, right? Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, um, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, Mike Epps, Chris Rock. What do they all have in common? Their movies are bigger than their stand-up. Hmm. Eddie Murphy's known for movies. Kevin Hart's known for movies. Mike Epps known for movies. Chris Rock known for movies. Chris Tucker known for movies. Jamie Foxx known for movies. Dave never did movies. Well, it wasn't very successful at it. He did some movies. He did half baked. <laughs> he yeah, and he did a couple other ones too that people don't know about because they were big flops. But it was definitely along the same premise. And it was I believe that Dave could have got in better and more movies if he wanted to. I don't think he wanted to. No, yeah. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I think we're seeing this, you know, his his consciousness elevates a different level and since we've seen him back the years back to now like i'm did you see his saturday night live special i did i was just about to ask you that yeah Yeah. and so and that was kind of intriguing the way he approached that and then even kevin hart's new uh netflix special which i think came out yesterday and i started watching it it as well i saved it yeah it's along the same premise of where these comics are like I have this platform. It's not about be- me being the funny man anymore. I want to elevate people, let them know who I am. And I kind of want to talk to the people instead and see how that works. And, yes. And that's where they're both kind of at right now, which is. And you've seen the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live monologue, right? Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I loved it because it's Dave being unapologetically Dave. Yeah, I knew he could have walked out if he wanted to. And that's what felt good. Like, he wasn't, like, being pulled. He didn't give a shit. He was the, I don't know if you know this, he was the first comedian and person to ever do a monologue with the live mic. So the N-words that that came through, Mm -hmm. it was because they couldn't control it. And (laughs) that was a part of them Dave allowing them to let him do that. He was the, that was the first time ever it wasn't on delay. He required an actual hot mic. And so that's why when he said, come on and get these nigga lessons. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, It didn't, it did. They couldn't. Yeah. But I think even the, the theater in that is so needed, right? Yeah. I feel like the, he he knew the country needs to hear these words. Like they need to they need to feel these words. Him smoking his cigarette, bro. You can't smoke on Earth no more. It seems that way, right? <laughs> Dave Chappelle was smoking a cigarette in Thirty Rock, bro. Like yeah. what? <laughs> like that's insane. Only Dave, and I think that is like cachet that is built up from years of just being authentic. Or unapologetic. And it comes from walking away from that money. I think. Like not. It doesn't come from that. But I think that like solidified. Oh Dave is who we thought he was. How do we know? Look what he walked away from. Yeah. That's true. It's crazy. Yeah. It's going to be interesting watching that uh, Joe Rogan episode tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to catch tonight because it's late. And you know me. I'm old. But yeah, it's eight o'clock your time, huh? Bro, listen, it gets dark at like four. (laughs) Yes. I need the NBA to work with me when they come back. 
I can't do these 8 39 o'clock start times this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleep, bro. Like, I have to take naps to watch games. Like, there's an NFL game on tonight. I think it starts at 8 30. I pray it starts at 8 30. <laughs> right. Because if not, I'm not going to make it to halftime. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> it's nuts, man. It is crazy. But let, let's, put a, let's put a bow on this. I, I wanted to ask you can, is there anything that you could think of that it doesn't matter the money? It's a hard no for you. Hmm. I'm not sure because currently the way I live my life, I've sacrificed a lot, especially when it comes to kind of needs and wants. Mm -hmm. But I guess it would be senses. It would come down to some natural form of senses. Somebody was like, let me give you like $50 million or $100 million, but you couldn't see anymore or you couldn't hear anymore. That would be a hard no for me. Or something like that, along with something dealing with my senses or something like that. Because it would change your experience on life, right? Yeah. It's, that's okay. where money would not matter. Unless I could use that money and fix it. Like, you know, get some new eyes or some shit that I could see like a couple miles away or some weird biometric shit from AI. But, yeah. but if that was in a clause, yeah, I think it'd be something like that. Okay. I like that. You got something up your sleeve? Uh, Honestly... It everything that I do now, it can't, it just I'm almost open to trying and doing anything as long as it doesn't the consequences can never reach my children. Yeah. So if the consequences of my actions, if it has a chance that that's gonna fall on my children, then no, it's a no for me. Right. And so that, that makes can, sense. Yeah. And that can kind of stem upon your choice, whether because it affects you, it's going to affect your children. Exactly. Exactly. And if I know, like, I, yes, I can get the 50 million dollars, but I'm never going to see my kids again or something like that. You know what I mean? Or like my kids are used to me being actively in their lives. Well, but uh, what about if it was a 50 50 thing? Somebody's like, I need to take you away for 15 years and I'm going to give you $15 million. Would you do it? Nah, I'm away for 15 years. What's the point? Because that benefits like kind of you and your children, but then it doesn't at the same time. Well, what about yeah. $50 million for 15 years? Um, See, so that, then I have to think about it, right? Because it's like, ultimately, I'm doing this work so my kids don't have to. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's like, I'm I'm making these decisions, but... Then I I have to think like for my children's sake right now, like my daughter, my youngest daughter has no fucking clue what money is. Mm -hmm. So she's going to live for 15 years thinking daddy just left her. Right. So when she does get an old enough to understand the money and have it, is it going to be worth it to her? Even my nine and my 10 year olds, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To them, they're like. What do you mean? We we don't know, Dad. So we we can what? No, 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 no. We can't see you for fifteen. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, no. Listen to me. I know that's crazy, but like, when you're thirty <laughs> or when you're twenty five, yeah, you we're gonna have this money, and they're gonna be like, yeah, no. I want love, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. What about graduation, marriage, Dad? What about a kid? What about a hug, son? Like, can I just get a hug? All kinds of shit. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. For me, I think it would be. I can't do anything that the consequences are going to lay at the feet of my children. And it's interesting because 
you kind of think about, you know, most entrepreneurs who are older and who have families, they probably have to deal with this a lot. Like, well, do I sacrifice my time, whether it's Monday through Friday or Sunday through Sunday, because I'm setting up for my kid's future? And how do you have a balance of life and work when I'm actually working to do all this excess stuff so my kids have a great future? And it happens. I mean, it happens a lot. Even everything is a sacrifice. So like one of the, one of the, my favorite LeBron stories is, is his relationship with his wife. So they've been together since they were in high school. Right. Mm -hmm. And he chased her. And so like in high school, he's like, I want you to be my wife and I want you to like, let's have kids. And I want you to give me the next 18 years and then I'll give you the rest of our lives because he had an understanding at the time. I got to go be LeBron James. Mm -hmm. And that is very, very time consuming. And it's basically, are you willing to put your life on hold for the next 18 years while I lay this foundation for the rest of our lives? And so, like, she tells the story about, like, at the time, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's like, but he knew what becoming LeBron James was going to take. And it takes him only being at home about three months out of the year, period. And when he's home, he's only actually at home about two and a half hours out of the day. (laughs) Right. And so she said, I'm willing to sacrifice these 18 years have the children. She raises the kids. She makes sure they go to school. She makes, she does everything. And then he said, when I'm done, I can then give you the rest of my life. And so there is a balance of sacrifice for reward. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's just often unfair to expect children to understand it. So that's where the confusion lies. Very few times do we say you speak to like a a celebrity's kid that's now grown. Mm -hmm. They talk differently about it, especially if they got shit going on on their own. That's true. They understand you. You tend to under. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad wasn't really around, but like I understood, like I understand now, like he had to do this. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. It's a parenting is a fine line between. I know the kids aren't going to understand this, but this is what's best for them right now. Right. Let me ask you, do you think people have that have that compromise in their daily lives? Like no matter what, do you think we're everyone's kind of given this choice of, hey, you actually can make this sacrifice for dot, 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 or you can go this route, which is kind of what we can summarize as comfortability, because it's yeah. very uncomfortable to do something, you know, crazy like, hey, this is my schedule for the NBA. You're just going to have to hold this down, but this is going to pay off. It's that sort of sacrifice. Do you think just everyday folk have that option? Yes, and we what's, do. What's wrong with that? Do you think we should, uh, do you think people should run with it or should, is that a choice of free will depending on what you want to do? I think both. I think um, the, fuck, I can't think of the name of the guy that said it. I'm going to find it. There was a guy that basically, I don't remember where I got this from. So just bear with me. So basically the idea was 
everybody says that they want something, right? And they're willing to do anything to get it. And it's like, you're going to have to get to the point to where not having it or not being that is worse than the idea of you failing. So we don't sacrifice a lot of stuff because we can't see directly see the reward, right? Mm, I like that. And so most that makes sense. Stop, most people can't even figure out probably the next step of like, no, this is going to be beneficial. They just kind of get everybody knows how to lose weight. Everybody. Mm-hmm. It's everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody. Yo, eat right. Work every out. day. <laughs> if you ask 30 overweight people, if they, what, what's the one thing they could have if they could just snap their fingers? Oh, I'll be in shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what if I told you that you could make one or two decisions every single day and 90 days from now, you will be? Right. We don't though, right? And so it's like, yeah, everybody has these these opportunities to make sacrifice, but we just don't do it. What if I told you, yeah, you want financial freedom, but you're spending money you don't really have, or you're spending money that you have on shit that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And it's shit that you want. And I don't have a problem with you buying shit you want. But don't then say, this is what I wish I had. You yeah. could get it. <laughs> Especially true. if it's something you can afford. Now, if you're talking about a Ferrari or something, then yeah, you might not. Being a nurse, honey, you're not going to get there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're like, I really. <laughs> yeah. You're like. <laughs> And then I know some other ways you can get there. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like if if you just want, I just want a new car. I want a 2020 model. And it's like, well, babe, you got a car payment on the one you got now. The car payment for one that's a new model isn't much more. You can actually do that, but you're going to need to save some down payment money first. You can save five or $6,000, honey. Like you just don't want to. See, because you spend every single morning you go to Starbucks and you spend $5 on your Starbucks drink and you do that five times a week. And so at the end of that five-day work week, that's $25. Right. That's 50 bucks every two weeks. That's 100 bucks a month on just the Starbucks drink. Like 12 months, that's now $1,200. Now, I'm sure throughout your day, we can probably find a couple other things that you're spending a little bit of excess money on. And these two or three decisions, you're going to save up that money in about six months. So if I told you in six months, I'll give you a car. You would be okay with doing these. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's so a, it's, it's just this mindset thing. You know what I mean? It is the mindset. And that kind of brings up to our deep dive that we want to talk about today. And so you wrote this article, and the title is called The Truth is Usually Pretty Fucked Up. And let me just get you a synapse here. And I actually got to run take a piss here. So feel free to look. Let me just throw this out to you and just tell everybody what you thought and what brought this upon you to write this article and how this ties Mm -hmm. into what we're thinking of uh, our choices and our free will that we have and instant gratifications and really getting what you want. And so you start okay. off, you know, the whole power of the mind complex is, is interesting to me. 
At what point do will and determination make way for the circumstances? And our is our will dependent upon circumstance? Should it be? Go ahead and drop some knowledge and I'll be right back. Okay. So at what point does, you know, will and determination, basically what I was trying to ask the question, and I was trying to pose this question of will and determination. We all like to say we have will and determination, but we tend to only have will and determination when the circumstance is perfect to have will and determination. And what I mean is if you know that the the chance of the outcome that you want, there's a high chance that you can make this happen, then your will and your determination are quite high. But if you don't know what you, if what you want is possible, the will and determination are kind of, I don't know, regressed or slowed down. And so my question is, is that really will and determination? Like it's easy to see will present when the reward is present. When you can see the reward within reach, everyone has will. But what if the reward is out of your reach, but you just know it's there? Do you still have the same determination kind of going forward? And even tying into kind of what we were just talking about with every single day we get to wake up and, and make these choices and these things that we say that we want and these things that we say that we just wish we had. And it's like, we are wishing for things that are possible. And so like, that's not really, I don't think that's the way that's supposed to go. And so as you wish for something that's possible, that wish is nothing but a, when you wish for something that's, are you back? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to wait because I want to I want to hear what you think about this, too. So basically, are you, you can hear me now. Yeah. All right, cool. So basically what I was saying was like every day we wake up and we make these choices. Right. And we decide that we want these things and we say, I wish I had a new car. I wish I could lose weight. I wish I didn't have to go to work at this place. I hate my job. And I think part of the problem is the mindset. We are wishing for things that are possible. And that's a problem. That is, yeah. Because, you know, our mindset is going to create the reality from then forward. So if we stop wishing and woke up with a new mindset, either that I'm going to have this or I'm going to create this or I'm going to make this happen. Even like, you know, the biggest mindset that I think the world's dealing with is kind of like this anxiety or bad or kind of where people feel like they're just not happy. There's something mm -hmm. there that's just happiness is not in the equation, whether it's a Monday morning or they're going to work on Friday and they look forward to the weekend or some shit like that. I think we have to fi figure out this happiness gene and that happiness gene. I think you hit it right on the head is it's the mindset, you know, and that comes yeah. to, you know, switching your on button saying what makes you happy and all these things that stem off this tree branch. But the first set is that mindset, you know, it's, it's, creating the happiness for you as in like, fuck, just figure out what makes happy, write that shit down and do those things. And it's kind of like that where you have to put some work involved into it rather than wish upon like, you know, taking the happy pill so you can lose weight or something like that. Instant gratification. But when and we even, 
Go ahead. Uh-huh. Even the word wish, like I'm a big guy on words, like what words you use matter. Oh, yeah. And so like the word wish automatically makes it seem like it's not within your grasp. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking at a ball that's across the room right now. If I were to say, I wish I could hold that ball, you'd be like, it's right there. Just go get it. Like what? Like that would be weird. It would sound weird. Like you mean the ball is right there. Go grab it. Right. Yeah. And so like it's saying I wish I could lose weight is the same thing. You you know how. And you don't need any magic keys to do it. It's right there. So wish isn't the right word. Or I, if you have if you have the power to actually change or grab your desire, it's not a wish. I wish I could go to the moon. You want to know why? It's very, very difficult to do. And it's not possible currently who I am, right? I don't know enough to do this and that. But like, I wish I could lose 10 pounds. Those two, that word shouldn't be used in both sentences. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I'm a firm believer that, especially when I'm doing the I self-reflect tease, words are so powerful, like mm-hmm. even spelling. And when you have to spell something out, you know, it comes from words where you're actually casting a spell uh, out into the universe. And like, we have this invisible field of consciousness and energy and it's, it's all our brains connected to this one fucking hyperloop of one big mind. And so really when you say shit out there, it, it affects you. Yeah, definitely. And you might run into like, you know, some synchronicity moments or be like, Oh, that was weird. I was thinking about this person and they called me. It's kind of like the same thing within our lives as well. Well, rather than wishing for something, you kind of put it out into the universe. This is what I want. And, but you kind of have to fucking stop doing some baby steps and just start walking towards it as well. Yeah. uh, And, and that's the, uh, so the, I'm glad you kind of went with that analogy there at the end because that's kind of where that's where my mindset was at with this whole article that I wrote because the the article was wrote after multiple conversations with a friend of mine that she's she's much younger than we are she's 21 now mm-hmm. I think and so like it's uh what brought it the on way she, the way she talks is as if she's not in control of her life, right? Mm. Like these things just happen and that's the way they are. And then like in doing that, she has these built-in excuses for why her life is or isn't where it's at. Like she'll, she would say something and be like, ah, oh, well, I'm on, I'm just 21 though. And then like, like I've got time. And like she would build in the excuse as to why she was failing at something. Right. And I was like, Hey, like, change the way that you think or that you talk. Cause like you're eventually going to say, I'm only 21. I'm only 28. I'm only 35. I'm only four. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, that's a, that's going to play into that. And the, she was holding on to, I'm trying to not make it too personal about her story, but like mainly it was just, it was just this mindset. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was this mindset and, she thinks about what other people think of her a lot. And so what I mean by that is like, 
she wanted to go into nursing as well. But like she didn't know what her mother was going to say about that because she also wanted to do this other thing that she didn't quite complete. And she's like, I just I know what they're going to say. They're going to say, now you want to try to like she's very concerned about what people think about it. And so I have a line in the article where I say. The good news is you don't fucking care and neither do I. And what that means is like it sounds brash, but really what I mean is that like nobody really cares at the end of the day. They're going to have something to say, but hold on, let me get a drink of water. Yeah. But it seems like they don't really care enough to make a difference in it. And, and that's kind of an interesting factor to where people have a lot to say, but there's no initial steps afterwards. Like we can motivate some right now to perhaps change their life. But then in two days from now, when they're back in their own routine, it dies away and dies down. Absolutely. Um, it's when I there's beauty in nobody cares. And that's, and I I wanted to convey that as well. Like when I say no one cares, I'm not saying it like no one gives a shit about what you're doing. I'm saying in, I'm saying it like that's, that's so empowering. Mm -hmm. If you fail, no one really cares. They may make, they may think they care. They may talk about you, but they don't really care. The same as if you succeed, they only care about how it affects them. You know what I mean? And it's not really about it's not really about they care that you failed. They're just trying to cover up some insecurity in themselves. Yeah, there's some comfortability from other people like this is the right way because they don't want you to hit bumps and rocks and like this is the most comfortable way I know you will make it if you go down this path and some, but people don't realize we all have our own different paths. Like if you want to do nursing, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. It's going to be alone, but you just kind of have to go with it and they'll eventually be happy that you made it your own route and fuck it. If you don't, because you just go back to the comfortable way if you need to be. Absolutely. And one of my, one of my quote outtakes in this article was fear is the number one thing that keeps us from owning shit. Right. And I use the word owning because it's got multifacets to it, right? If you made a mistake in your past life, let's say you, I don't know, you had multiple arrests or you have felonies, right? And you start a new job and you don't really talk to people because you're afraid they're going to ask you about your past and you're going to end up having to say you have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things like that. And I am saying that you can eliminate that fear by just owning it, owning who you were, owning that mistake. If you don't like the job you're currently doing, know there's something else you want to be doing and you want to become your owner, your own boss, your fear of failing. It's not even the fear of failing. You don't have a fear of failing. You have a fear of how people are going to react to you failing. And that fear is holding you back from owning it, not just owning your destiny, but owning your company. You don't own it because you're afraid. You would rather go work for someone else doing the same thing under the comfort of their umbrella. Yeah, because you're afraid and you're not afraid of getting wet. 
I think people are afraid, you're afraid of, of what people are going to think about you because you're wet. I think people are afraid of taking ownership of their own life because they're letting, as you say, you know, we have all these <clears throat> extra things out in the world that kind of we rely on. We rely on a boss. We rely on, hey, we rely on the tax person. We rely on all the family members that maybe help us out. Nobody's really taking control of their lives. And it's perhaps because they feel, well, well, that's comfortable. They're not really in control, you know, but yeah. if they figure out we're so powerful, like, and based on your decision, if you have like, a, let's say you got that arrest record and you went to a job and like, nobody's going to hire me. Even if they didn't hire you based on your past, just don't blame the boss. Nobody's going to give you a chance. You got to own your shit. Yeah. Like, this is what I did. And then, and then from then on, create your own story. Yeah. And how do I beat this? Yeah. And it, it's so interesting. If nobody will hire cycle. me, maybe I should hire myself. Yeah. That's taking control of your life fully, you know, where yeah. your thoughts, your speech, your actions, it, it's all you. It's all us. And so having that complete freedom and that willpower is actually creating your own substantial, you know, financial freedom for yourself because yeah. that comes along with it. Even even aside from the financial realm, because I want to make sure that we, we anybody listening to this, they can understand this. This shit is for them, too. It's a if you don't own it and it can be a loss, it can be a bad relationship or anything. If own your fucking mistakes, because if you don't own your mistakes, they get to write the story for you. And so they can control that and control you. If you give someone else the power, like if you're blaming someone else, you don't understand that they have the power. You're, that's admitting that you're powerless in the situation. And I never like doing that. I don't like blaming anyone for anything. Now, they could be a reason that it led to this, but I still like to be like, what could I, I could have did something. I fucked that up. Because if I say I fucked it up, I also now have the tools to fix it or to just never let it happen again. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And so there's, there's beauty in owning that shit. There have been relationships that I fucked up. I fucked that up. Now knowing that and accepting that there's nothing they can tell me. My ex can't tell me anything about like, you can't just continue to say, well, you did this and you did that. I know. Oh, yeah, I know. End of the conversation. We have nothing to go back and forth about. I own this. You don't own this anymore. I made a mistake and I got it now. And it's the same for it's the same for anything. Owning that shit. If you own your losses, own your L's, they're yours. So you get to determine what role they play in your story. Yeah, I fucked this money up, but that taught me how to when I fucked that thousand dollars up. When I got that ten thousand, I it that taught me how to handle this ten thousand. Yeah. So I had to fuck that thousand dollars up. Well, there's people that was at that thousand dollar phase in your story that's always gonna just think of you as a fuck up. But they don't see what you did with this ten. You see what I'm saying? Like, and that's okay. You gotta leave that there because I own it. I don't have to go back and prove anything to anyone. See, when you put blame on people or you put your fear of what they're gonna think about you. You're constantly having to go back 
and try to fix and or explain some shit. Don't do that. <laughs> you see me as a fuck up, it's cool because you seen me fuck up a thousand dollars. Did you see me turn 10 to 20? Nah. One day you're going to catch up to this part of the story and be like, oh shit. I thought he was just a fuck up. And I'm going to say, nah, I had to fuck that thousand up so I could learn how to not fuck this 10,000 up. Right. Right. I want to drop something here for people who, who might not be able to get to that certain mindset and it might be stuck in a rut. So, you know, I've been reading a lot and uh, listening to some audiobooks and got some valued information. I take a lot of notes and I was speaking about how, you know, how our environment pretty much when we wake up, we go to work, you know, we brush our teeth, we go home and we look over to like that favorite show we want to watch or sports game or something like that. We're living in this pattern based environment and we kind of do it, you know, subconsciously without even knowing. So we have no brain cells firing away that keeps us intrigued or, you know, onto the next level. And if you think about it, you know, the, the routes people go to work is the same thing, probably the same radio station, same everything. And so when you realize how much we're kind of in tuned with our same patterns for years without even realizing it, we see the same people, we talk to the same people, you know, in that sense, our environment is controlling our mind. You know, you see the same places and objects every day and you identify with everything that's in our outside world, you know, your job, your friends, the people you talk to. And then thus we, we create this more of the same, we create the same feelings and then we create the same emotions from doing that daily without knowing it. So if we become more self-aware and realize our actions every day, living in this pattern cycle world, it's the same feelings, same emotions. We have to break that cycle to get what we really want. If we're stuck in this rut or something like that. And so we have to do something new. You know, you have to read something new, take a new route to work, talk to different people. You have to get out of this element because your brain doesn't know a diff the difference between you trying to change your consciousness to what you're actually doing with your body because it's thing is happening the same way. And so every day, if you think about it, if you're living like that, you're truly living in the past because if you bring up these synapses in your brain where you started this new job, you have a new synapse of this, this feeling, but after that dies away because you're doing that for years on years. And so if you think about it, that environment that you've lived every day for years is that same past memories you're really reliving every day that you think it's a new day, but it's not. And so you have to create feelings that are outside that element. If you want change for yourself, you know, you have to plug yourself into a different outlet. You have to, you know, break that cycle of change and, you know, Meditation helps with that, where you're kind of like you take a pause and a break and can be self-aware with really the who, what, where, and why's in your life, because your your habitat becomes your habit, and you know life is truly a reflection of our habits and what we expect it, and so we just have to change our habits, which changes our thinking, which changes our mind, which turns changes our life. If you could give um, one step for people to like the first step to, so say someone says, you know, I got some changes that I do want to make. Right. 
I, I just don't really know how to, what do I do? Like, how do I, how do I change my habits around? What would be that first step that you, you would tell them to take? Well, I think that's going to change for different people. I need to know their schedule and see what they're doing. And I bet everyone has a certain amount of schedule. Hey, I, yeah, between here and here, I do this. And I wake up, I'll have my cup of coffee or do this. It's literally breaking that norm. You have to let your brain work for you in a different way. That's like, if you wake up and you have that cup of coffee and you turn on the TV, you get your brain firing up. I'd say, try something completely different. Take your coffee to go. Then you go straight for a walk because then you never know who you're going to meet, what's going to happen. Your brain's going to see something totally different and react in a different way. And usually when people say they do something like that, where it's simple as a walk or they meditated, or even like you just drove down a different way going to work, you know, you might have the whole, well, traffic came up. If your mindset's right, you're going to gain something from that. So I say just change one little thing out of your daily routine and see what happens. Because if you make that conscious decision within yourself to change it, then the universe is going to work with you to align your thoughts and your bodies with that same path of motion. Be like, oh, shit, this, this motherfucker wants to change this shit and he's working towards it. And so everything is going to work away. And then it's, you're going to find your flow within that area. So I say change one thing that you've been doing. And like it, that. And it's sometimes it's as simple as fucking, you know, just that morning tune as you wake up. If you have a morning routine, make that shit a different morning routine. Perfect. <sighs> Deep breath now. You got some crazy shit for us? <laughs> I kind of do. So while well, I bring it up on my phone, so for some what the fuck news, we did talk about earlier that. <laughs> yeah buddy let's go hey and so you know i brought up the conversation and i was like man there's just something about like and look i don't have a lot of money in my bank account but when i do like let's say if i make a sale or you know i ended up putting money in my bank account which i have in savings in my house just look at my bank account i was like man that shit makes me horny and <laughs> And it's definitely yes. what the fuck money. I, but I was just like, and I literally get horny. I'm like, huh? Like <laughs> if, if I, if there was like five naked girls in front of me or a pile of cash, it's going to be a hard one. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Listen, I'm taking half the cash and half the girls. Hey, exactly. <laughs> the funny thing about it, we, we was talking about this before we started recording and as soon as he said it, I knew exactly what he meant, right? <laughs> and I was like, yo, having money makes you have better sex, too. Like, you just put a little more into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just different. It's just different. I fully understand. Yeah, there's oh just something about God. it. It's just like, oh, man, just you flop on the bed differently. You walk with a different swag. Absolutely. That's all like, and and fuck. you walked you walked to get her that rash that wash rag, yeah. That walk that walk having money having just also put it down. What? Yeah, baby, <laughs> let me get you the big towel. Yeah, you the king of the world. You yeah. might let her use the fucking hand towel. Yeah, here's like, the rug. You the we'll king buy of the world at that moment. That's it. And that's it. That's some euphoric experience. I'm just like fuck. Yeah, but yeah, that's my little drive, but. 
here's some <laughs> some weird what what the fuck news. So I don't know if you ever thought about moving. And there's a lot of couple states that people you probably would just wouldn't think about moving to, right? Do you have uh-huh. a state in mind that you'd be like, nah, like I, that's yeah, still a Florida. state? Yeah, right? Florida. I would never like. Come on. See, to me, it's like North Dakota or some shit. I'm like, oh shit, that's still a state. That's still around, right? And, and one of them's actually Arkansas, which is weird. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I guess that's still around, huh? Hmm. Yeah. So Arkansas is one of those weird states that no one ever goes to. But there's nothing really popping or happening that to make it. But everything's also isn't it like Alabama and Georgia's right there too, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got no business in Arkansas, bro. Exactly. So, which probably this these people were thinking about too. So, an economic development organization in Northwest Arkansas is seeking to lure new residents to the area. With an offer of ten thousand dollars and a free bicycle. Wait, 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 wait! wait. It's, it, they want to pay you ten grand to relocate to Arkansas, and then buy you a street or mountain bike, just to First move there. First of all, why do I need the bike? I feel like that is very significant, and they are leaving something out to where we are going to need that fucking bike. And then <laughs> right. Secondly. Does that not just feel creepy as fuck? It feels like the start of a horror movie. Yeah, right? It's like a house that's been haunted and they're trying to sell it for like $1,000. Imagine you have to pay people to live there. Right. But now, speaking, like in the beginning with the whole 50 million James Harden, Dave Chappelle thing. Would ten grand be enough to for you to relocate? Hell no. Probably no, not no, with no, kids, no, 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 but no. if you're a single dude. No, I gotta be honest with you. Hearing this story now, I'm never going to Arkansas. <laughs> it's some shit going on in Arkansas, bro. <laughs> like that's this that's just weirdo behavior. <laughs> right. That's like the fucking child molester riding around in a van offering kids candy. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's some statewide for what? shit. Man. Come down for what? No. Y'all nasty. Like, what yeah, is going on? Instead of on? free candy, he's like, he's a free bike. Yeah. N- no. The $10,000 and the bike. I can buy a bike with ten grand. Yeah, Why, the bike's is, a little why weird. is the bike so important? There's something about this bike. They do Listen, say that it's 160, there's 162 miles of paved trails and 322 <clears throat> miles of mountain biking trails. A lot of places to die. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a what? That's all I hear when you say that. Oh, so y'all can kill me and it'll take people forever to find me. Yeah, nah. Yeah, this is yeah, it gets even more weird. So the council said new residents who don't want a new bike can also take an <laughs> an option for an annual membership to the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art or another oh cultural institution. So if you want to go to bike, here's a free pass to the museum. <laughs> what? I just got you did did you watch Black Mirror on Netflix? Uh, a couple of episodes, but this definitely right, sounds so like have, it could one be. Yeah, bro, they have one where they should go to like this museum of all these like crazy ex-killers and all this weird shit. That's what that sounds like. It's in a museum in the middle of fucking nowhere that ends up killing you actually. But like that just sounds creepy as fuck. Yeah. Why is Arkansas trying to be weird? This is not how you want to reintroduce your state to people, right? 
will pay you to come here. That sounds yeah. crazy. It doesn't even say the town or the city. It just says Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. No parts of Arkansas am I going. That's crazy. I will never step foot in Arkansas again. They're doing some weird shit down there, man. Uh, part two of this story is going to come out in about a year from now. Oh, yeah. And Everybody's it's, it's dead. definitely interesting timing because, you know, a lot of people can work from home. So people might want to relocate and be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll stay inside and get my 10 grand and work from home. There's got to be a stipulation where you got to live there at least for like two years and they pay you like, I don't know. Listen, don't fall for the okie doke. Also, uh, 10 grand is not that much money. I repeat, people, hey. listen to me when I tell you this. $10,000. I don't have a lot of money. Don't get me. I don't want y'all to ever mistake that. I'm broke. But $10,000 is not a lot of money. You are going to die. <laughs> it's not that much money. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Avoid Arkansas. You probably can't even point it out on a map right now because I'm still trying to think to my head where it's exactly at. I know the region. You know what I mean? Yeah. But get the fuck out of here. No. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of trippy. So if you need to tip Ken Grand, I don't know what the fuck's in Arkansas. Looks like a lot Listen, of trails. So man. if you need 10 grand, there is much safer ways to get 10 grand. Have you ever thought about selling heroin? There you go. <laughs> that. Probably a little safer than whatever the fuck's going on in Arkansas. <laughs> you ever thought about robbing a bank? That probably a little bit safer than whatever the fuck is going on in Arkansas. <laughs> Don't do that shit. No, 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 no. Comes with a that's free a gym membership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a rock. That's if oh, that's if you don't take the bike. <laughs> right. I feel like the bike is a part of this Hunger Games shit to where you're going to wish you had the bike at some point in this scary movie. Like, yeah. Why you got to run for it? It's crazy. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not rolling with that shit, man. That's a good one, though. That's that's a good what the fuck right there. I'm just curious why they need residents. So I want to speak to the people who move the fuck out and what why they move. Well, I, I think you need residents because eventually you're going to they probably have infrastructure that needs to be either a updated or b put in period and that costs tax dollars so i'm pretty sure that's another that's another thing them giving you ten thousand dollars is probably going to be taxed (laughs) and they're giving you they're giving you ten thousand dollars so you can pay local and municipal taxes for the next 10 years (laughs) right you're gonna pay what i think they want the tax dollars so they can fix the goddamn diner on the corner or the courthouse or the you know what i mean like the museum yeah yeah or the museum so like listen they don't have roads they're giving you a bike okay Mm -hmm. they are going to make a killing off of your property taxes local taxes yeah no that's what that's for it's for it's got 10 grand and start a bike service or some shit like a uber bike service or some shit (laughs) with some horses Uh, yes just don't go take your chances on florida (laughs) <laughs> I hear they're I hear they're nice down there. <laughs> oh shit! Sounds like you're fucked either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the Bronx. Hey, did you see the shit? Did you see the video on Twitter? I think I even shared it of the uh, the dude dressed up as a rat pulling a slice of uh, oversized slice of pizza up the uh, stairs on the subway at the terminal. What? No, bro. Hilarious. I am about to tag you in this shit right now. 
Um, everybody, it's I'm sure some of you have probably seen it, but it's <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god, yeah, it looks crazy. And it's like the funniest part about the video, actually, get on Twitter. I want to send this to you. Yeah, I'm on it now, trying to look for it. Okay, I'm gonna tag you in it here soon. And I want you, I want to see if you catch the funniest part of this video. Okay, here it is. Hold on. <laughs> Because the funniest part of the video is not the rat. All right. Do you see where I just tagged you in this? Uh, uh, Let's see here. (laughs) And he's grabbing it by his mouth. That's some, (laughs) that's some work. (laughs) What the fuck? I think you missed the funniest part. The homie coming down the stairs. Uh, Did you he see how up. he just how he just hopped the rail and was like, he said, yo, no. this ain't none of my business. Not, and that's New York for you. He said, I'm going to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I got to I gotta catch the train, yo. Like, I ain't got time for this shit. That's oh, that crazy. was so funny. I got one more since we're in what the fuck. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, man. This is making New York look bad. We're going to Flushing, New York now. Right in Queens, right? Right. Queens do Queens shit. So I need you to watch the whole one minute video. So basically what's going on is they're fighting over a parking space. At some point, a bat comes out. And then at some point, also a big butcher's knife, like a like a cleaver comes out. I don't think you're at that point in the. Yeah, just keep watching. Did you tag me in it? Yeah, you don't see it yet? No, I don't. Oh, I got you again. Yeah, it said it sent it to you. Oh, let's see. Yeah, that's it. I can hear it. <laughs> oh, I see the bat. Ninja kicks. Just keep watching, baby. <laughs> Shout out Queens one time, too. <laughs> All right, he said, fuck that. Going to my car. Yeah. Oh, high school days. Mm-hmm. This is about to take a major turn. What's he got in his knife? Uh, what's he got in his knife? <laughs> He's got a yeah. So you see the knife. Okay, keep watching. It's about to get real fun. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> this is the whole building. So the car, so the guy with the bat hits the car, bust out the like the headlight yeah. of the car that he of the guy he's fighting with. The car proceeds to run him the fuck over and drive him into what was about to be a smoothie shop. Now, I did some back research on this, right? Mm-hmm. And that that smoothie shop was about to open. That was the first. The next day was going to be their first day actually open. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Drove that bitch right through the front of it. It's hilarious. Now, fun fact. I'm going to have you... Go until a minute 
Go to a minute at the video. You see that lady come through? Uh, let me see. The lady with the bags in her hand? Uh, I did see that. So why does she go through the door? Uh, Whole front of the building busted out. She still went through the door, bro. Damn. <laughs> she opens the door and goes out the door. That's, that's, that's pro- programmed by your environment. You see that? <laughs> oh, man. This shit's just funny. Uh, I just retweeted it. Hold on, I'll retweet the other one on my page as well, too. If you want to check that video out, you can go to my Twitter at just a kid from KY, and they'll both be on there. But it was just it was some funny shit. I know it makes New York look bad, but I promise it's not like that. <laughs> not every day. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> Mind your business. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anybody that wants to read that article that we we're talking about, the truth is usually pretty fucked up. You can check that at HarveyBanks.com. Yes, click the essentials tab. And it'll be right there. Um, you got anything else for the people? No, not for today. Just love you guys and peace to the world, baby. Uh, also, uh, we passed 200 listeners on Spotify, and I appreciate that. Hey. So, uh, yeah, that's an all-time thing because I just happened to nice. see it the other day. So we appreciate you. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us and continue to support like you do. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate and review us. Same thing. In your review, leave a comment. Uh, say your name so we can shout you out and everything. Yeah, let us know if money uh, makes you horny, too. Yeah, money definitely makes me horny. <laughs> too bad I'm broke tonight because my girl would get it. <laughs> right. Maybe next week. We'll see. But um, that's all I got for you, man. I'm signing off. Peace. That's it. We out. Peace, peace. <laughs>